Hello again, this is Gary Meese with the case against. We're on episode 26, looking into the West Memphis 3 case. Um, this is the second episode dealing with the interviews with the Tier family, Dominique Tier being Damien Eccles, 16-year-old pregnant girlfriend at the time of the killings of Michael Moore, Stevie Branch, and Christopher Byers on May 5th, 1993 in West Memphis, Arkansas. Last, the last episode we focused on uh, Dominique and what she told uh, Assistant Prosecutor John Fogelman. Fogelman also talked to Diane Tier who was Dominique's mother on September 10th, 1993, approximately four months after the killings and roughly six months or so before the, uh, the trials. Um, Diane uh, was living in a, and Dominique were living in a trailer. Uh, they were renting from uh, Diane's sister, who was married to one of the Hollingsworths, who figure prominently in this case, the family as a whole figures prominently in the case. Um, and she had been, uh, she was disabled from a stroke at the time. Um, and she's since died. At, at the time, she was <clears throat> age 44. She was legally separated from her husband, Michael who's also since died, and his obituary in, I didn't know the name of the town he's from, but anyway, his, he was a butcher, and his nickname, ironically enough, was Meat Cutter. Um, Dominique had gone back and forth, apparently, between these parents, these parents quite a bit over the years, and then lived in... Uh, also lived out in California with uh, her cousin, or near her cousin, that whose name will also pop up in this narrative today, I believe. Uh, Diane had lived in, and Dominique had lived in Lakeshore since February of 1993. Uh, also in the house were six dogs, six cats and a dog. And the trailer was notable for being incredibly filthy. Anyway, Diane told Eccles, I mean, Diane told Fogelman she had known Eccles about two years and met him, quote, when he started going out with Dominique, unquote. He lived with them for several weeks, quote, waiting for his parents to come back from Oregon, unquote. Um, Damien's, Eccles' parents, Damien being the ringleader, the lead Arguably, the the ringleader and the uh, the three men who were convicted of the killings, uh, Damien Eccles, Jason Baldwin, and Jesse Miskelly Jr. Uh, Eccles had gone briefly out to live with his parents in in Oregon and had uh, made two the second of his three trips to mental hospitals in that time, uh, ju just roughly a year before the the the. Uh, 
the 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 uh, the actual interview and nine or ten months before the killings on May fifth, and uh, his parents had been so concerned about his behavior and he had been so threatening and acting so bizarrely that they were afraid for smaller children living in the home and refused to let him after he made a trip to the mental hospital after threatening to kill his slash slash his mother's throat and eat his father with a spoon and kill himself uh that they put him on a bus and sent him home uh where he promptly uh, got into more trouble by uh, violating his probation, being put in a juvenile detention center. While he was there, he was observed drinking uh, another kid's blood from a cut and was sent to uh, Charter Hospital for the second time in roughly three months. Uh, Charter Hospital, mental, the mental institution in Little Rock and then he was he stayed there for a little bit and uh, was got further evaluations and then he was freed and spent the next nine months or so just sort of <clears throat> roaming around uh, West Memphis and Marion uh, spending a lot of time with Domini a lot of time with Jason Baldwin he lived with his stepfather for a while his parents moved back uh, around March or so of 1993 and he moved back in with them but they only had one bedroom that supposedly was shared by uh, Damien and his sister Michelle which is not really a feasible plan. (laughs) Apparently Michelle uh, slept on the couch most of the time whether Damien was there or not but anyway uh, he spent most of his many nights at, at uh, Dominie's house, and so it was his, sort of his home away from home. Anyway, Fogelman uh, gets into this business about the parents coming back from Oregon, and his parents had just reunited the previous year after being, uh, being uh, divorced and having little to do each other for... Uh, at least seven or eight years, probably longer. Uh, Eccles' stepfather, Jack Eccles, had been accused of uh, molesting his preteen, I think she was a teenager at the time, but a young teenager, his, Michelle, his, his uh, sister, I think she was 13 or 14 at the time, and uh, the Pam Eccles, Pam Eccles, who became Pam Hutchison again after reuniting with uh, Eccles' father. Uh, they uh, they had been in Oregon. He had been in Oregon. They went back to Oregon, and then they they were moved. They moved, eventually moved back to West Memphis and lived on a little trailer there. That's the background. So Fogelman asked, did Damien ever say anything about why he had left Oregon? Diane, Diane Tear, no. Fogelman, he never did tell you anything about that? Diane, he came back to be with Dominie. Fogelman, that's what he said? Diane, yes. Fogelman, okay, did he tell you that? Diane, yeah. 
as I've already mentioned, Eccles left Oregon after being thrown into a mental institution. But that's not what Eccles told Diane Teer, apparently, if we can believe Diane Teer. Fogelman, after they came back, has he lived with y'all any? Diane, no. Sometimes he would come over and they would stay the night, and sometimes she would go over to his parents and stay the night with them. Fogelman, now in May, first week in May, do you remember Damien coming over any? Diane, just about, yes, just about every day. Fogelman, okay, was it during that first week in May? Would it be morning, afternoon, or would it vary? Diane, it would vary. Fogelman, okay, uh, did Jason ever come over? Diane, yes, usually he would be with Damien. Fogelman, all right, on the first Wednesday in May, it was May the 5th, uh, did Damien come over that day? Diane, yes. She said he came over about 1 o'clock and stayed, quote, until Jason got out of school, unquote. Fogelman, Damien didn't go get him or anything. Jason just came on over. Diane, yeah. They had already made plans the day before. Fogelman, okay, so... Jason and Damien had already made plans to get together? Diane, yeah. Fogelman, okay, did Damien tell you that? Diane, I was there usually when they made the plans because they came over a lot in the afternoon. Again, the plans came up, but it was not clear how a day with plans differed from just about every other day. Uh, we do know that J uh, Jesse Miskelly described uh, Eccles and Baldwin getting him touch with, in touch with him earlier that week and making plans to go over to West Memphis to beat up some boys, and Jesse signed on for that project. Uh, Diane said the teenager spent 15 or 20 minutes at her trailer after Jason arrived before they left. Diane, later Dominique came home. It was still light, and I, I think it was around 5.30 or 6. She was, thought she was watching the TV, the sitcom A Different World. I think that was a sitcom. That's what I'm thinking of. Fogelman, okay, earlier, do you remember one of the officers talking to you earlier? Oh, like a few days after this happened? Do you remember that? Diane, yes. Fogelman, Officer Ridge, do you remember him? Diane, yes, and we're referring to Brian Ridge, who did a lot of the investigation of the case. Fogelman, um, let's see, okay, do you remember telling him that Time Tracks was on TV? Diane, well, that was later, that was around 7, because Dominique took the dog for a walk down to the store, and then she came back, it was around 7, because Time Tracks had just come on. And she took her shower, and I had to tell her the ending of it, because I always watch Time Tracks and Kung Fu. And then what did she do? Diane, she laid down on the bed by me and went to sleep. Fogelman, okay, did she talk to anybody on the telephone that night? Diane, yeah, Damien. She said Dominique did not talk to anyone else. And as we've already gone over... L.G. Hollingsworth Jr. had gone to get from a Dixie Hufford 
also known as Dixie Hollingsworth, had gone to the laundromat where she worked specifically to get Dominie's telephone number that evening. He described that as the reason he dropped by. He had no other objective in, in mind. Uh, he'd seen Dominie that day. He would see her the next day. It's not really clear why he needed to talk to Dominique that evening, but apparently it was urgent enough that he went by to get the telephone number. However, he did not call Dominique that evening, if you believe Dominique and Diane Tier. Fogelman, you do remember her talking to Damien. Diane, yes. What time was that? He called around 10, they talked for an hour, because I had to make her get off the phone because they were just arguing back and forth anyway. So according to Diane, Dominie had no contact with Damien from around 5.30 or 6 to around 10. Fogelman, what were they arguing about, do you know? Diane, Jason's girlfriend had called Damien up crying to Damien about Jason. They weren't getting along or had had an argument or something, so she called Damien up trying to get Damien to talk to Jason for her. Fogelman, why would they argue about that, do you know? Diane says, Damien didn't want Jason's girlfriend calling Damien. Kids get very possessive with each other, and those two were very possessive about each other. Fogelman, okay, did you know that Damien had a bunch of other girlfriends? Diane says, not to my knowledge. Fogelman, you didn't know that? Diane, no. Fogelman, how about Jennifer, a girl named Jennifer? You don't know anything about her? Diane says, J Jennifer was Jason's girlfriend. Fogelman, Heather Clyatt was Jason's girlfriend, or Jason had more than one. Diane, I think he had two at the time, I'm not sure, but I remember hearing both their names. Now, according to uh, Jennifer Bearden, who was Described, it was a 12-year-old who was described as the 18-year-old Eccles' other girlfriend. She and um, Damien had a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. She had no interest in Jason Baldwin other than as a casual friend. Now, supposedly, uh, Dominique had had this impression that uh, Holly George and Dave and Jason were somehow romantically involved but were having problems. And the fact is, as Holly George says, she never had any interest in Jason Baldwin and was never considered herself to be his girlfriend in any way. I think she was also about 12. Uh, Diane Teer was asked about Holly George and she didn't know who Holly George was and she only heard about, it only heard about Vicki Hutchison after the case broke. And Vicki Hutchison was an older woman who decided, who was very complicated, this is, but 
Her son was friends with the, the dead children. She decided to play detective. She was friends with Jesse Miskelly already. She used that connection to lure uh, Damien Eccles over to her home with the idea that she was going to play detective and get some information from Damien. Uh, nothing really that useful came out of that. She did testify in Miskelly's trial about a trip to a, a witch, witch gathering out in Turl Twist, which is a small community uh, in North Crittenden County. Uh, that's, she's later described as saying it never happened and uh, it was a pr pretty wild story. It got a lot of press coverage, but it didn't really have a whole lot of effect on uh, a whole lot of relevance to the, the killing itself. I, I think the intention was to show that Damien and Jesse Miskelly were both involved in witchcraft practices, but Eccles sort of freely admitted that anyway. I mean, he described himself as a Wiccan and what Wiccans, and a, he also described himself to mental health professionals as a demonologist. And he was involved in conjuring up various entities to help him out with his problems, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, none of that's really in dispute. Uh, Miskelly himself described his involvement and he varied his involvement over time from from a fairly wild story initially with animal rituals and so forth to stories that by the end of his many confessions he was it basically boiled down to they were having some rituals that he still didn't understand what was going on that were Damien and uh, this other character mysterious character called Lucifer an older person were involved in in Lakeshore, behind Lakeshore, and Miskelly went there basically to drink and because it was something to do on a, uh, they would have a fire, he would drink, and they would just sort of have a party time. So it was his, his excuse to party, I guess. Um, anyway, um, Tier is saying that she didn't really know about this connection between Vicki Hutchison, the mother of the this child that was friends with the dead children until after the case broke. Uh, Vicki Hutchison lived over in Highland Garden. She didn't live in Lakeshore, which is a trailer park on the other side of I-55 from uh, uh, Lakeshore, right next to Marion, Arkansas. And there's no particular reason she would have known Vicki Hutchison. Anyway, Diane said <clears throat> Eccles' mother had brought Dominie home in a blue car. She only saw Pam, Damien, and Dominie in the car. Not Michelle, Damien's sister, or Joe, Damien's father, as described by others, and not Jason. Fogelman asked, you mentioned that Damien and Jason had made plans. What kind of plans had they made? Diane, just that they were going to get together and do something that evening. Usually they would go over to Walmart and play video games or over to Jason's and play video games. So, you know, they had plans to do something that evening, but Diane could give no specifics. Uh, Vogelman, what did you do on May the 4th? What did Dominie do on May the 4th? 
Diane, well, she was da with Damien and Jason. I think they went to play video games that day, question mark. Okay, what time did they leave? Diane, I don't remember. Vogelman, okay, was it morning or afternoon? Diane, it was usually afternoon when they left. Vogelman, do you know what time Dominie got home that day? Diane, no, I don't remember, but it was usually later. Fogelman, how about May the 6th on Thursday? What did Dominie do that day? Diane, she was with Damien. Damien came over that day and he spent the night with us that night. Fogelman, he spent the night that Thursday night? Diane, yes. Fogelman, there are diff differing stories from differing parties about this about where he spent the night Thursday night. In fact, you can read Eccles' book and he describes hearing about the murders and he's having, uh, he's scooping cereal into a bowl on his at his home on Friday morning. If I'm, if I, Friday morning, which would have been the, the morning after the bodies were discovered on May the 6th. So it would have been May the 7th and hearing about the, the discovery of the bodies Friday morning. Other people describe Eccles hearing about it almost immediately that afternoon and describe his reaction or lack of reaction to the news and Jason's astounded reaction to the news or excited reaction to the news were noted by people who were there. So. You know, many, many unreliable narrators in this tale. I'm trying to be as reliable a narrator as I can, as I can be, but I, I'm only as good as good as the sources of information here. Most of them, I've, most of them were asked. Diane Tears obviously, obviously can't be asked, but most of them were asked to clarify things. Very few people took me up on that, and even the ones that did didn't really have much to add. But they were asked. Um, they've had they had an opportunity to present their side of the case to me, and they, in most cases, they chose not to. And if you and mostly, I was greeted with anger, various sorts of threats, nothing substantive as far as information. Oh, anyway, Fogelman says, he spent that night, Thursday night? Diane, yes. Fogelman, okay, and how long was he over there that day? Was it all day, or did he come over at 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock? Diane, most of the day, I believe. Fogelman, okay, was he there at lunchtime? Diane, yeah. <clears throat> Later, Gary Gitchell, Chief Inspector Gary Gitchell of the West Memphis Police Department. <coughs> Excuse me a second. asked, how did Damien and your daughter leave on the 5th? How did they, did they go anywhere together on the 5th? Diane, that Wednesday? Gitchell, yeah. Diane, well, yeah, they all went over to cut Jason's uncle's yard, Fogelman, and they walked. Diane, yeah. Do you know what time they got back? D Diane, around 5.30 or 6. Now, Fogelman, now did that night, did Damien call Dominie or did Dominie call Damien? Diane says, Damien called Dominie. 
in an affidavit dated affidavit dated May twenty seventh, two thousand eight. The now grown up Dominique Tier Ferris, then living in Phoenix, Arkansas, stated On the morning of May 5th, I was at my home in Lakeshore. A friend named Ken came over. Dom- Damien, who had a doctor's appointment that morning, arrived about at about 1 p.m. Damien, Ken, and I then waited for Jason Baldwin to come over after Jason finished school. Jason arrived at about 3.25 p.m. We then walked over to Jason's home which is also in the Lakeshore area. Jason's two little brothers, Matthew and Terry, were at his home. Jason called his mother and was told that he had to go to his uncle's to mow the the lawn. We then walked over to the home of Jason's uncle. We arrived there about 4 p.m. We watched Jason mow his uncle's lawn. Later, Damien and I walked to the nearby laundromat and called Damien's mother. His father, mother, and sisters then arrived in the car to pick us up. They then dropped me off at my home. I walked the dog and took a shower after I lay down for a while. Damien called at about 10 p.m. and we bickered back and forth on the phone for nearly an hour. I was upset because Holly, an ex-girlfriend of Jason, kept calling Damien to discuss her problems with Jason and I didn't like that. Uh, the 2008 statement offered no alibi for Eccles and threw his sisters into the family car. Eccles had only one sister, Michelle, though he did have some stepsisters at various times. Uh, Dominie's story otherwise varied little from 1993. Dominie was available to testify for the defense but was not called, while Roughly consistent, her statements offered discrepancies such as times and who picked them up at the laundromat. In a phone interview in October of 2016, uh, Dominique Ferris said she was agreeing to talk with me because, quote, it's all over now, it was a long time ago. She was polite and friendly and quick to answer questions with no hesitation in a voice that was still high-pitched and soft. Dominique deliberately had withdrawn from any public presence in the case, quote, because it just seemed like it interfered in my life. Just because it had put itself in the middle of my life, I did not want to put my life in the middle of it. She last talked to Eccles, she had last talked to Eccles, quote, two days after he got out, hope to see you, I'm fine, that's about all that was. Dominique said she had taken their son, Seth, to visit his father in prison from time to time until uh, Damien's present wife, Lori Davis, moved to Arkansas. The visit stopped because of Davis, who eventually married Damien. Quote, says this about, Dominique says this about Lori Davis. I don't trust her. She just shows up from out of the blue from New York or wherever she came from. This is back in 2016. I have no reason to think this has changed, but she said then, Seth still does not talk with Damien. Quote, my son tried to talk like talk to him. Damien just, you know, kind of blew him off, so we just let sleeping dogs lie there. Dominique acknowledged this about Eccles. He's weird. He's all into this weird, magical BS stuff. I never had any interest in that.
She saw a little interest in Jason from Jason in Magic, but she had not known him well. Quote, not really. We didn't get along. I didn't like him, and he didn't like me. He came over to my house sometimes with Damien, or I went over to his with Damien, but I didn't have too much to do with Jason. She remembered Jesse as, quote, weird, unquote. Looking back on the investigation, trial, and incarceration of her child's father, she said, we would never want anyone to go through that situation. I wouldn't want to go through it again, ever. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I wouldn't wish it, want it on my now 16-year-old girl. I keep trying to keep them sheltered because of all that happened then. It changed the way I look at cops and how I view detectives and everything. It just wasn't right. It's botched every bit of it, every bit. They probably handled that about as bad as they handled Jean Benet, obvious reference to the Jean Benet Ramsey murder case. Asked if she had any ideas on who committed the crime, she said, I guess I do have a lot of them from some just some random bum to maybe the parents were involved in a bad drug deal to just somebody that nobody knows anything about. She said she had no doubts about the innocence of the West Memphis Three. No matter how weird Damien is, no matter how weird Jesse is, they would never do this. No way. They were the scapegoats no matter what. And of course, I don't think we could expect Dominique to come forward with any stronger opinion on the case than that. She's going to stick. She was very good about sticking to her story and still has continued to stick to her story. She's been one of the more consistent witnesses in the case. Uh, as I said, there's some discrepancies there uh, about who picked them up. Was uh, Joe Hutchinson in the car or not? Sometimes it seems as he was there, sometimes he wasn't as far as picking them up at Alexander's laundromat on West, on, uh, not, it's not West Missouri, but uh, Missouri Street. Um, sometimes he was, sometimes he wasn't. Uh, she, Michelle didn't get mentioned in one of the versions, but that doesn't mean she wasn't there. She just may not have gotten mentioned. Um, the times are some aren't going to be real exact anyway, but <clears throat> a little different. Um, we do know that uh, there was a lot of arguing going on between Domini and Damien that night. Um, it doesn't sound that unlikely that they were actually arguing about these phone calls that Damien was making on a daily basis over to Bartlett to talk to these 12-year-old girls, Holly George and Jennifer Bearden. And I think Holly seems to have been mostly just a, a means for Damien to connect with uh, Jennifer Bearden. Uh, some of these were three-way calls. Uh, there's some it's not exactly clear. I mean, Jennifer Bearden says she didn't give Damien her number so that he wasn't going to be able to call her. So it, it would all depend on her catching Damien at home. She describes talking to him at 9.20 or so at night that night, which gave him plenty of time to get home from the murder scene. As you can, we can see from... Um, 
statements that Domini made, uh, she had no alibi for Damian Echols, Jason Baldwin, or certainly not Jesse Miskelly from, you know, 5.30 or so until 10 o'clock at night when she said she's talked to Damian. She didn't, she doesn't describe talking to Jason at all on the phone, even though Jason has claimed he talked to Domini on the phone. Um, she certainly wasn't on any three-way calls with any of these alleged girlfriends. Uh, so there's a lot of questions there uh, as far as what exactly happened that we'll never get answers to. I think it is clear, if nothing else is clear there, it's clear that Domini, perhaps willfully, but certainly she professes ignorance and she perhaps was willfully ignorant of what went on. Or perhaps she knows a lot more than she's willing to let on for all sorts of reasons, including self-protection. Um, it's possible that Eccles was certainly not above compromising his pregnant girlfriend as far as getting her involved and helping him out with transportation or cover-up or any, any number of things. And there's no reason to think she wouldn't have gone along with that, but I'm not accusing her of any of that. I talked to her on the phone. She seemed sincere enough. I wouldn't, I, I didn't perceive that she was lying to me. But at the same time, it was a phone conversation. The only time I've talked to her. And uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a, I wasn't in the position to grill her closely about times and just, and so forth. I was, trying to make sure I didn't lose her on the phone, which she was actually very forthcoming and uh, to a point, but she didn't add anything to the narrative, not really, except the details about her relationship or lack of relationship with Damien. Seth, Seth, also called Damien. He's, he's been Seth Eccles. He's been Damien Tear, uh, and he's had his own problems uh, in recent, at least a few years ago, I haven't checked on his, I mean, he, you know, Dominique's not, never been accused of anything. She's never, as far as I know, she's never been arrested for anything. Um, Echo's son, Seth or Damien, um, had some problems with the law at some point. Um, However, he's he's not the focus. You know, he's just a family member. He's not the focus of of uh, what I'm looking at at all. And hopefully, he's got his legal trouble straightened out. And uh, you know, I I have nothing against the young man. I'm not, and I really didn't. I chose not to dwell on that in the book. I. I know I'm mentioning it now, but I chose not to even dwell on some things in the book regarding him because, frankly, it really has nothing to do with the case. Uh, it probably says something about the lack of normal human emotions with Damien Eccles that here's this young man who is his son, his only child, and he, he's totally indifferent to him, apparently. Perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps they have a close relationship that we just don't know about, but there's certainly nothing to indicate that that's the case. And, there, and all the information that we have indicates that he has very little to do with anybody in his family, including his 
mother, who the last I heard was still ailing in very bad shape from uh, breathing problems, uh, very poor lung capacity, and she, I know she almost died in the springtime. Um, I, again, I, she's, not, she's never, she's not uh, the focus of, you know, my uh, efforts as far as keeping track of what's going on with the case, but I do, do keep, try to keep an eye on various parties just to see what's going on. Uh, Eccles has, hasn't expressed, I've, I've seen her post things to Damien on his page and he just simply ignores like, hello son, and nothing. So, you know, normal human relations aren't really of interest to Eccles, apparently. He likes to have people who pump up his ego and he likes Lori, who's his enabler and his, you know, his soulmate, whatever she is. Um, other than that, he doesn't seem that interested in um, the general run of humanity or, or the kind of relations that most of us like to maintain and cultivate. And anyway, that's enough of my rambling on this particular subject. Uh, I'll talk to you again soon. This is Gary Meese signing off. The book is the book I was reading from is Blood on Black. I also have a, that's volume one. Second volume is Where the Monsters Go. I revised, condensed those two books down into one volume called The Case Against the West Memphis Three Killers. All three books are available on Amazon, in print, and in Kindle editions. And if you're interested in any of those, they're readily available. Thank you for your time. I'll be talking to you again soon. Good wishes, and I'm happy to say the Saints won yet again today. That's it.